Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, tonight I'm going to share, and we're starting a new series tonight. I'll tell you about it in just a minute, but I, I just need to make mention of two changes tonight, and it's due to the weather. The first one is the fact that I'm using a, a, hand, a handheld microphone. Those of you who know me know I like to be hands-free because I, I must have some Italian in my blood because I like to use both hands. I talk with my hands. I do. It's the way I'm wired. But tonight I'm a little bit restricted because I, with all my sweat, blew up the microphone. Many of you who were here this morning would have noticed as I started speaking, it started getting thinner and thinner and scratchy and scratchier. That was because of the sweat going into the microphone, apparently. Apparently, as if my sweat could do anybody harm. I mean, really. And uh, so I said, you know what? Um, we'll let it dry out overnight, see what damage has been done, and uh, wait till it's a bit cooler before I put that thing on again. And so I am using a handheld microphone tonight. So please pray for me as I begin to share with a handheld microphone. And the other thing you'll notice uh, that's different about me is that I am in shorts. And it's worthy of a mention um, because when you wear shorts, you can do one of two things. It can either offend people or it can cause others to stumble. And I don't want to cause you to stumble, nor do I want to offend you. So I'm just going to put it out there and say I'm in shorts for one reason. And one reason only is this morning as I was preaching, it was just a little bit too hot up here under the light. So will you please forgive me? You forgive me? I mean, Kestrel was up here. He was leading us in song tonight and he was in jeans. God bless you, man. Making me look bad. But I just thought I'd just stand up here and show off my legs and at least the bottom half of them anyway. And uh, I, I hope it doesn't offend you and I hope it doesn't put you off and I hope you listen to what I'm about to share tonight. And so what I want to do is just pray and then we'll get into our message. How does that sound? All right? Yeah? Cool. In actual fact, just to get my attention off my legs, I'm a little bit self-conscious. Just look at your own for a minute. Just look at your own legs and... I was actually looking at Wayne Austin's calves tonight. I had a bit of calf envy there, so he's got good calves. That's all right. All right, Father. We're praying. I know why you're laughing. We're praying. We just thank you that we can gather together as family and friends, and we just pray that you bless this word tonight, and we pray that it would do us good, and we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Kathy. Appreciate that. Well, we're starting a new series tonight, and I've called it Summer Lovin'. Summer Lovin'. Does that remind you of a song? What, what song does it remind you of? Greece, 1978, for memory. Summer Lovin'. And I thought, what a great title. Being's number one, it's still summer. And number two, there's a lot of love in the air. And I thought it'd be a great time to share on relationships. Um... Kath and I, in February this month, have been married for 22 years, and this year also marks the 30th year that we've been together. We started dating 30 years ago, way back in 1984, so we've been like together forever, 
which is really, really cool. So, so I thought, you know, with, with our 22nd anniversary just around the corner, with um, our 30th anniversary of being together, it's actually the 20th anniversary of our church also. We started our church in 1994. So there's, you know, this is a big, big year for us. I, I know there's others who've been married longer and that's worthy of celebrating. Uh, Sam also mentioned that uh, Jeff and Glenda Mountford are celebrating their 40th wedding anniversary today. So, so th this marks a, a milestone Month. Also, the 14th of February is what? Valentine's Day. I tell you, there's a lot of love in the air. There is a lot of love going on this summer. On top of that, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we've got five weddings coming up in the next little while. Five weddings coming up in the next little while. On February 8th, which is next week, as we've already mentioned, is Dave and Rachel getting married. And then on the 15th, we have Nate and Amy. They're getting married. And then on March the 29th, we've got two weddings, Mark and Sharon and Ben and Jess. And then on April 6th, we have Steve and Natalie. And then on April 12th, we have Tim and Nicole. And that's, that's six weddings, isn't it? That's six weddings we've got taking place in the next couple of months. So there is a lot of love in the air. So I thought, what an incredible opportunity for us to speak about relationships. And in this series, we're going we're gonna to do different things. We're going to do some preaching as I'm doing tonight. And, and at other times, we'll hear from other members of our preaching team. And, and we'll do some panels as well. And, and we'll get Paul and Gay up here who've been married 41 years. So there's, there's a lot of experience that's going to be brought to you over this series. And we're going to cover things like, you know, the standard communication and parenting and, 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 and husband and wifing, otherwise known as marriage. And, uh, you know, what's marriage without sex. We've got to talk about that. And so it's going to be a great, great series and hopefully help to encourage all of us in the relationships that we keep. And hopefully that we'll become better husbands as a result, better wives as a result. Hopefully uh, we'll be, become better singles in pre preparation for marriage and hopefully become better kids to our parents and, and better parents to our kids and, and better friends to one another. So it's going to be a great, great series. How does that sound? Excellent. And so tonight, by way of kicking off this series, I want to talk about love foundations, okay? Love foundations, relationship foundations, if you will. And before I do that, I'm just going to go into some statistics because in Australia, every third marriage ends in divorce. I don't know if you're aware of that. And that's a conservative statistic. One in every three marriages end in divorce. Other statistics would say one in every two end in divorce. You take your pick. Either one is not great. About 29% of Australians never marry, and I think that's because of the divorce rate being what it is. The 121,176 marriages registered in 2010 represent an increase of 1,058 marriages registered in Australia in 2009. So in actual fact, marriage is going up, which is a positive sign, I think. Um, in 2010, there were 50,240 divorces granted in Australia, an increase of 792 compared to 2009. As you can see, these statistics are a little bit old, but um, the, the, uh, the census only comes around every four years. Um, about one third of children today are born outside the, the traditional marriage. Marriages are now lasting, uh, sorry, are now lasting longer 
before the divorce than 20 years ago. The median duration of marriage to divorce was 12 and a half years in 2007 compared with 10.1 years in 1988. Is that right? Yeah. Have I said that right? Do you know what I'm trying to say? You do? You got it? Okay. Um, women, get this, file more divorce applications than men. I don't know if that's because they're more impatient than men or that they are married to men. I don't know if it's the men that's making them impatient. I'm not too sure. But apparently it's the women that initiate the divorce. And I will leave it there for the sake of time. There's a few others, but we'll get off track. And so I want to speak tonight about foundations of a good, healthy relationship. And I want to read from Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 verse 47 says, I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and put them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid foundations on a rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck the house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my word and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. This is a little parable that Jesus told the disciples and all the others that were listening that day. And he was basically talking about the importance of having a strong foundation. And he said, if you have a strong foundation, when the wind and the, and the rain comes your way, what you have built will last. But if you have no foundation or a weakened foundation, when the wind and the rain comes, note when, not if. Wind and rain always comes. Problems always come. The storms of life always come our way. It's not a matter of if, but when. With a weak foundation, what has been built will collapse ultimately. Many of you would have grown up like I did with the story of the three little pigs. And we see two little pigs, they build a home and they were too busy, concerned with playing. And so they didn't build a strong home on a strong foundation. And so they were just playing and laughing and joking because their homes were built. One was built of straw, remember? And one was built of sticks, remember? Yeah, help me out here. And they were playing and they were, they were just having the time of their lives. And they were actually teasing the other little pig who was taking his time to build a house, not out of sticks, not out of straw, but out of bricks. And it was taking a long time. And they were saying, come out and play. Stop building. Why don't you just build a cheap home like ours? A cheap, quick home like ours. Why don't you just do that? And then one day, the little piggy finished his brick home. They were all in their homes. And the big bad wolf came and he huffed and he puffed and he blew the straw house down. And the little piggy ran to the other piggy in the stick home but the wolf came and he huffed and he puffed and he blew the stick home down. Remember the story? And then these two little piggies were homeless because when the storms of life came, they didn't have a strong foundation. Their house was blown over and they ran to the pig that they'd been teasing. And he was a good little Christian pig because he didn't not let them in. He actually let them in. And then and, and when, the, when the wolf huffed and puffed on the house made of bricks, he could not blow the house down. 
A good, strong foundation will not only help you and your family, but can actually help others who are in their time of need. That's why we need strong, healthy relationships, not just to help ourselves, not just to help our own, but to be a model and a source of hope to others who are looking on and saying marriage doesn't work. I, I want you to know, I know there are a lot of marriages that have not worked, but I want to say there in this church, there are a lot of marriages that have because they've been built on this good, solid Foundation. A strong foundation is the key to any building process. We built a new home uh, last year, and uh, the foundation is made of concrete, and concrete has three key components to it water, sand, and cement. And without one of those key components, the foundation is weakened. And I believe there are three key components to us having a strong, healthy foundation when it comes to our relationships. And so I want to look at the three C's when it comes to our relationships. Christ is the first one. When it comes to having a strong relationship, we need three key components. The first one is Christ Himself. You see, relationships are not just a good idea but they are a God idea. Whether it's marriage, whether it's family, or whether it's just the friendships we keep, I want you to know that those friendships that we're in, those relationships we're in, they were God's idea from the very beginning. It was way back with the first couple, Adam and Eve. God created Man in his own image. And he looked down and he saw that man was all alone. And though God had created many good things, he said, it's not good that man be alone. And so he created a partner. He created another person that Adam could have a relationship with because God recognised it's not good for us to do life alone. And so this notion of marriage, this notion of parenting, this notion of family and relationships and friendships has its roots and has its heart with God Himself. And if we leave God out of the equation, the author of our relationships, we're going to be missing a key element. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Speaking of Christ Himself, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together for the good. I want to encourage you when it comes to your relationships to put Christ first. You see, if we have something broken, Let's just say you're watching the television one day and uh, it goes kaput. It goes on the blink. It's broken. You, you can dabble around with it and you can tap it on the back, which is what I tend to do. Just give it a good old slap. But the best thing to do is to go to the manual or to go to the manufacturer to find out what's the real problem. When you have a problem in your Life, it is the same thing. We need to go back to the one who created us in the very first place. Just like it's right for us to go back to the manufacturer, to go back to the one that put the plasma together, to put the iron together, to, who put the toaster together. The trouble is we have too many people who think, oh, I, I can fix it myself. How many of you, if you're honest, have said, no, no, I'll fix that. I've got a day off coming up, I'll fix it. Come on, men. And you say, oh, I'll fix it. And you, you, you pull the toaster apart. And that's easy. Anyone, I want to tell you, you know, anyone can pull something apart. Anyone can pull a person apart. Anyone can pull a marriage apart. Anyone can pull a church apart. Pulling things apart is real easy. 
And there's a lot of people pulling people apart. But that's the easiest thing in the world to do. But trying to put it back together. How many of you, even the most handy men in this church, how many of you, if you're honest, in putting something back together, you have spare parts? Spare parts you never had before. And then if you're really honest, and we should be honest, we're in church. If you're really honest, when you finish putting it back together, it still didn't work. Many, many, many people try to do that with their relationships. They leave God out. They leave the manufacturer. They leave the creator out and keep dabbling and keep trying. Thinking that maybe another wife, maybe another husband, maybe another child, maybe another city, maybe another home, maybe another car, maybe another something else will fix my problem. But we never look at the actual real issues that are going on. If we're going to have strong, healthy relationships that last, we need to put Christ first in our lives. Some of you might say, yeah, but hang on, Tony. I know Christians that uh, don't have great relationships. In actual fact, I know non-Christians that have better relationships than the Christians do. And you wouldn't be altogether wrong in saying that. But I've got here just very, very quickly three things that, that could be reason, uh, the reason for that. The first one is sometimes what we say is, is a good marriage or a good relationship is just a facade. Sometimes the people we think are struggling are people who are actually being honest about their mistakes and are working through them. And so right now it looks like they've got a bad relationship, but it looks bad because they are being taken apart before they can be put back together. And so some people don't ever do that in their lives. And so they just say, no, we're good, we're good, we're good. But they never actually test the relationship and the strength of. And so it's actually just a facade. The second reason is if it is good, then it's usually because there are Christian principles that work in that marriage, even if they're not Christians. You don't have to be a Christian, but you can implement Christian principles. And it will make for a healthy relationship. And so you don't have to know Jesus, love Jesus. But you know what? If you're going to love your wife and, and, and forgive and say sorry and ask for forgiveness and, and those principles that are all in the Word of God, you start implementing those Christian principles, you're on track for a healthier, stronger marriage than a Christian who loves God but doesn't do those things. And the third reason is that some get saved or some come to Christ and they are well and truly behind the eight ball. Some people give their life to Jesus and they've got really messed up families. And even though they're now saved, they've become Christians, they've still got the outworking of their messed up lives to deal with. And so, for example, if you were in debt and you came to Christ, but you had a debt of $1 million, you'd still have the debt. You could be saved, no Jesus, but you'd still have that debt. Whereas someone may not be a Christian, but have been better with their money, may be in a better position, but not necessarily a Christian. And so some people come to church and say, why does this happen in your church? And why does that happen in their church? I want to say it's because people come to Christ at all different points in their life. And so we've got some people whose families were really messed up and they come to Jesus and now they're working through their messed up lives and messed up families and messed up scenarios. And we have to love on them. And sometimes their lives 
don't make our church look as neat and packaged as many people want church to look. But it's for these ones that Jesus came. And so there's some uh, food for thought when it comes to why these things happen. And so the first C tonight when it comes to having a healthy, strong relationship is Christ. Secondly, is commitment. Say commitment. We live in a throwaway society. Have you noticed that? I mean, I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to know that if something was broken, the first thing you thought to do was try to fix it. Is anyone here of that generation? If something broke, the first thing you would do is seek to get it fixed and you go get a quote on how much would this cost to fix it. The trouble is we live in a society today that doesn't think like that because we live in a throwaway society. And so if something is broken, our first thought is not let's fix it, but let's get a new one. And psychologically, I believe that this has affected the way we view relationships. So instead of saying, hey, there's a problem in my marriage. Hey, there's a problem in my parenting. Hey, there's a problem in my friendships. With a throwaway society, we say, you know what? I'll just get a new one. Instead of saying, no, no, this needs to be fixed. And so we just throw away relationship after relationship, marriage after marriage. And I do believe with all my heart that a good, strong, healthy relationship is built on a commitment, not a throwaway mentality. This throwaway society in which we live is kind of setting the tone as to why there's so many abortions. Do you know every year there's thousands of abortions, but there's a handful of adoptions? Surely if people aren't wanting babies, and there's lots of people who want babies, surely for those who don't want their child, they can be handed to those that do want children who can't have children. And yet there's people lining up to adopt babies and can't get them while there are thousands and thousands of abortions taking place every year. This is the throwaway society that I'm talking about. When it comes to our wedding vows, for those of you who are married, you would remember saying something like this, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Who remember saying something along those lines when it comes to marriage? And it was those words of a commitment that gave us the peace. Can you imagine a couple getting married saying, depending on how I feel on any given day, I will love you. Depending on whether or not your paycheck is big enough, I will love you. Depending on the home that you provide for me and the children, I will love you. You can't build a marriage on that. You can't build a family on that. 
There has to be a in sickness and in health, in the good times, in the bad times. I'm going to love you and be with you. In actual fact, I remember before I married Kath, I said this to her. I said, I can't promise you anything other than this. I give you me. That's about the only thing I could promise her. I couldn't promise her a certain type of car that we would drive or lifestyle that we'd live or home that we would live in. All I could promise her was me, and that was enough for her. And upon that commitment, upon that foundation, we've done some incredible things. We've been to some incredible places, built some incredible homes. And, you know, it's all beyond what I ever thought we'd be doing. And so if you're married... Work on your relationship. Don't look for a new one. Work on the one you're in. For the younger ones, lock this away. Think about these things because it's going to hold you in good stead. I remember a friend of mine who uh, had an arranged marriage. I mean, that, that seems strange to us in our culture that someone would arrange your marriage. And so I asked him about this arranged marriage. I, I said, how does that work? that, you know, your parents speak to somebody else's parents and they agree that you two should be together. I mean, it seems bizarre in our context. It seems bizarre in our culture. But you know what? Before I'd give him any time to think about his answer, this is what he said. He said, you in the, in the West, you marry the one you love. He says, but we love the one we marry. And I think it's a powerful thing. It was, it was actually a, a very arresting thought that they, they love the one that they marry as opposed to just marry the one they're in love with for the time being. Amazing thought. Commitment. If you have divorce as an option in your thinking, then it's already over. We're going to get rid of that divorce mentality, that separation mentality, and move forward. The last C tonight is simply this, communication. So we've got Christ as a foundation. We've got commitment as part of that foundation, coupled with communication. Communication is key to any relationship. Communication is the act of transferring information, knowledge, fact, thought, and feelings to one another. To give another as a partaker. Communication plays a major part in any relationship. Where there are communication breakdowns, there'll always be relationship breakdowns. And so over the series, we're going to talk more about this in a little bit more detail, have a little bit more fun with it. But just, just very quickly for the sake of time, communication involves the following things. Number one, speaking, which is the ability to give good information. Speaking, the ability to give good information. Secondly, listening, the ability to get good information. 
And so when it comes to speaking, we've got to think about what we want to say to make sure that we're communicating clearly what we want our husband and or wife and or children and or friends to know what we are saying. The amazing thing about communication is this, that we speak at 300 words per minute, but people listen at 1,200 words per minute. And the biggest part of good, clear communication is interpreting what they are thinking about what you are saying. I know there are some of you right now with your 1,200 words per minute, you're saying, when's he going to finish? It's very hot in here. I know you're thinking that. And so I'm going to answer that question that you haven't said, but I know you're asking it and it's very soon. Okay, so bear with me. So we've got to think about what we want to say in order to give clear communication. But to receive good communication, we've got to listen. We've got to listen well. Thirdly, as the band come, we've got to empathy, empathize. The ability to see things from the other people's point of view. It's what I call crossing over. You know, you might have a very valid point. And that point may need to be held on to. But it's always good to cross over and see it from the other person's point of view. I've never been divorced and I never plan on getting divorced. But we've had to deal with a lot of divorced people. And part of me understanding and hearing and feeling where they're coming from is crossing over and trying to see it from their point of view. Because there but for the grace of God go each and every one of us. If you give me different parents, different teaching, different upbringing, maybe, just maybe, I would not value marriage the way I do. And so we need to empathize if we're going to communicate well. It means speaking, listening, empathy, and being objective. The ability to see things as they really are. How objective are you? Or are you so consumed with your view and your ways. Can we put your view and their view aside and say, what's really happening here? I encourage any of you who are in a relational breakdown, communication breakdown situation to ask yourself this question, what's really going on here? We see divorce on the rise. We see people breaking up from their friendship circles. For the most part, it's unnecessary. Because we can't say, what's really going on here? I, I believe with all of my heart that husbands and wives should be happy in their marriage. But sometimes in our unhappiness, we've got, to, we've got to at least think about the happiness of our children. I'll be forever grateful because as a young man growing up, my mum and dad weren't happily married. In actual fact, my mum talked about getting divorced. And I never forget running in as a 12-year-old boy, running in between my mum and dad and saying, Mom, Dad, please don't leave. And I think that's the cry of most children's heart. Now, don't get me wrong. There was no physical abuse or violence going on. I did see the occasional flying saucer, but that's another story. But there was none of that. And we're not into domestic violence, and that's another story. But I'll never forget being in between my mum and dad saying, I don't want you to leave. I want you to stay. And I remember my dad just bringing wisdom to the situation and drawing a line in the sand and reassuring me that mum and dad are not leaving. They're not going anywhere. 
That didn't equal the happiest marriage for them. But it did equal a security for us. It, it did equal a healthy perspective of what marriage is and can be as a result of two people who could overlook their differences for the sake of other people. And I'll be forever grateful for my mum and dad for not leaving. And I'm not here to bring condemnation tonight, not at all. As I look around a group of this many people, I know there are some divorced people here. And I know there are some young people who have grown up in divorced situations. That's our reality today. And, and while we can't undo the past, hopefully we can learn from it. And, and so if condemnation jumped into your heart or head, or an attitude of who do you think you are to talk like that jumped in your heart, take that out. Because that's not where I'm coming from at all. We're talking about a foundation of healthy, strong relationships. And this I know. Even the worst situation, you can still turn it around. You can still turn it around. There are plenty of people that grew up in a good, healthy home that messed up their life. And there are people that grew up in the worst possible environment and made good of their life. It comes down to good choices at the end of the day. And I pray that you can take this message and you can take these messages from this series that we're doing and make, use it to make good decisions. What I do know is a good, strong, healthy relationship, be it family, marriage or friendship, needs these three components in it. For without one of them, our foundation will be weakened. The other thing we need when it comes to communication is flexibility. The ability to explore possible solutions. You know, we don't live in a one-size-fits-all society. We don't live in a one-size-fits-all world. You know, thank God for the books and thank God for the helps that are out there. But I know being married to Kath, there are some things that work today that don't work the next day. And we've got to explore the possibility of doing something different in order to get resolution. As opposed to when this happens, I'm going to do this all the time. We've got three kids, they've got little personalities and not everything works the same for each one. And it's through communication, it's through talking, it's through asking, it's through understanding, it's through empathising. We begin to be more and more flexible because we understand that this person doesn't think like the other person. You know this whole thing of disciplining your kids? That discipline is going to look different for different kids. You know, I got three kids and uh, Jordan, who's our oldest, she... Uh, as a young kid, she's just strong. I mean, even now, I was wrestling her on the bed last night with Mitchie and Mum and BJ. We was all wrestling. And like, she's a strong girl. I mean, she's, she's just physically strong. I mean, God help the guy she marries. I'm mean, telling you, you know, she's going to kick his backside, I think. But anyway. But it's indicative of what she was like as a young girl. 
Because when I tell her off, she just, she just, you know, she just toughen up. And if I'd give her that tap on the bottom, which you know most kids need from time to time, she would just be like, and she wouldn't cry. She just walked to her bedroom and was like. Mitchie, I mean, I love Mitch, he's great. But he's not like Geordie. As a young kid growing up, I just lift my hand. Oh, Dad, no, no. BJ's probably a little bit more like Mitch. Not right, not wrong, just different. But if you treat all your kids the same, it'll work for some. When you listen to these experts, we've got all the answers. This is what you do. What they're saying is, on certain occasions, depending on the day, the weather, the moon, and everything else, that will work. That's what they're really saying. So be flexible and enjoy finding out the differences and the nuances because relationships should be enjoyed, not endured. I'm so grateful that God has placed me in a family, my natural one, that's been extended through marrying Kath and our kids and been placed in the church family. But every day that's thought with problems. But I would say, give me those problems any day of the week. With the, all that goes with relationships. So not having those problems and being all alone. Like I said this morning, it's relationships that will expose things about you and others that you don't like. It's people that are going to do that. But it's also those very same people who can actually help you. And so in this church, you may hear some things. You may have heard some things tonight. And it may have exposed some thoughts and thinkings and attitudes. You just might not like. I don't agree with that. And that's fine. That, that's, that, that's the value of being involved in a church. But know this. The church is also here through a commitment to you that will help you through as best we can with whatever else has been exposed to you in the meantime. And so let's not run away from relationships. Let's not run away from people for fear of not getting hurt. You've got two choices. You're going to get hurt or just be lonely. And I would rather get hurt and resolve those issues and deepen my relationships and live in connection with others. And I think intrinsically inside each and every one of us, that's what we all want. That's what we all want. You know, since we've had kids, and any parent can vouch for this, our time's not our own. They cost us a fortune. They've caused us to worry about things we never would have worried about if they weren't around. It's amazing, some kid climbs a tree, it's like some other kid, you don't even think about it. When it's your kid, you're, oh, oh. But the thought of not having our kids, it's unimaginable to me. The thought of not being married to Kath 
It's unimaginable to me. The thought of being all alone, just to say that I'm always right, it's just, it's just not where it's at. Imagine always being right because there's no one else around to argue with you. Is that really what we want? I'm always right. But there's no one to even share you being right with. What's the point of that? You win the grand final. There's no one to celebrate it with. What's the point of that? But when you've got people in your world, you get to celebrate the highs, but also they get to see your disappointments, your weakness, and your failures. This church, as I mentioned when I started, celebrates its 20th birthday this year. And Kath and I have been at the helm and the leadership of this church from day one. And you can't lead from the position that we have led without making mistakes. And dare I say, lots of them. We've made quite a number of mistakes over the years. And a lot of those mistakes have been public. And there's times we've had to stand up here and apologize publicly. And it's embarrassing and it's horrible. I mean, who likes admitting they're wrong, really? If you do, you're a sick person. Don't put your hand up. But the thought of not having those moments and losing all this, I would much rather have the humility. I'd much rather embrace the humbling moments that we've had to face for the sake of what God has added to us over the years. We can look at some of those highlights next week at Vision Sunday. We're going to talk about our future. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know how good your relationships are, how bad they are, or how boring they are, how mundane they are. I don't know where you're at. You may be like, I don't know, let me just pick someone, for example. I don't know, let me say Ashari and Dan. <laughs> you know, just, just young, in love. One lives in Adelaide, the other lives in Canberra. Every opportunity they can to fly, either there or here, they are there. And, and here he is. I know Dan likes me and I know he likes the church, but he ain't here for me or the church. He's here for one young lady. And it's fantastic and I love that. And I know there's a number of other couples who are in that season, in that phase. Got young couples about to get married. It's, it's, it's exciting. And we who've been married uh, for some time need to celebrate and enjoy that moment. But I'm mindful that as that is going on, there's others who've been married for a long time and it's not happy. I know there's others who've suffered horrible, messy separations. And what I'm here to say is this, this, this God that I talked about as my first point can meet you where you're at. He can meet you at your celebration. He can meet you in your very early puppy love stages of a relationship. And He can meet you in your valleys. He can meet you in your dark moments. And I would say this, give God a chance. Don't give up on His plan for you to be in a relationship with people. 
Do not do life alone, but learn to do it better. And so I would encourage everyone of you who is here tonight, without forcing you, pressuring you, twisting your arm, why not make a commitment to the next four weeks to be part of this series and just see what God does, see what God says. Whether you're a Christian in this place or not, we can all grow in our understanding of who God is and what He wants for our lives. We can all grow in our relationship with our husband, wife, kids, one another. No, no one has the monopoly of truth here. Even when we get Paul and Gay and others up here on stage and, and have a pan, panel and ask them questions, they're still in that learning phase and we will be till the day we go to be with Him. For me, Christianity is real simple. It's this. That there's a God in heaven who gave heaven's best because He loves you and He loves me dearly. He is that committed to being in a relationship with us. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 